0: Welcome to the Dope CFO Podcast, where you can find the best information for accountants and bookkeepers that want to start and grow a highly profitable and flexible remote cannabis accounting firm with your host, Andrew Hunziker. Now that's dope. Hey
1: everybody, this is Andrew Hunziker, CPA, also CFO, founder of Dope CFO as well. About my background, I've been a CPA for over 25 years, was at a big four, including PricewaterhouseCoopers. I won the gold medal award for the highest score in the CPA exam, as well as was runner-up for the Portland, Oregon Business Journal CFO of the Year Award in 2017. And I was the first ever cannabis CFO to be nominated. Done lots of startup work as well. Um, and love um, teaching all of our community. We have now over 500 people in all 50 states in our Dope CFO program. Hi, this is Andrew Hunziker, CPA, founder of Dope CFO and Dope CFO Certified Advisors. We have a really great show today on a very, very um, timely topic. really for any audience, CEOs, investors, accountants, um, raising capital, startups. It's just on everybody's mind. And so we've got a great guest today, Dr. David Kunick, um, saying that correctly. Um, he is on the East Coast, I'm on the West Coast. Um, the first time I think I saw you was on a stage, we were at an event that actually wasn't really a great event, it was in New Jersey, it wasn't very well attended. and. I sat down in your session, there weren't, same as my session, there were maybe 10 people in the audience, but you were giving an amazing presentation, and you could have easily been speaking to 500 people in the room, and I thought that was amazing. And it was like, it like demonstrates hey, you're going all out no matter what. You there, there are plenty of people that are like, oh, there's only eight people in my session. I'm just going to chit-chat with them. Um, so that was my first introduction to you. We connected after then. I know you connected with others in our program. Um, I'll start your introduction, but then I'm going to let you fill in in the color. You have a very interesting background, trained in physical therapy, healthcare management professional. Um, I think you got your doctor's license in f- physical therapy um, but since then, you've founded many companies, raised capital for many more. You're helping many, many, many in the space raise capital for their companies. And so, why don't you give a deeper dive into kind of your background resume and and then also how you kind of end up found found yourself in this space?
0: Sure, appreciate it. And Andrew, thank you for uh, having me here today. I remember that exact conference because uh, interesting enough, I you and I were actually trying to connect on LinkedIn instead of time to talk. We went meeting a person in New Jersey, so it was the power of the universe. But um, you did a pretty good intro. Um, in general, yes, I'm a healthcare provider. Um, I have worked with uh, Olympic athletes, professional athletes. I've worked with um, NFL teams, um, as well as uh, Major League Soccer teams. I've done subacute care. I've taught grown men how to walk again. I've taught grown men how to get dressed again. Um, to on paper, uh, in the last 20 years, I've had 17 companies with seven exits. Um, with that being said, in terms of cannabis, I actually started my cannabis career up here in the state of Maine all the way back in 2001. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, most people don't realize that Maine got medical cannabis back in 1999, Um But I started my first cannabis company back in 2009. I've done uh, eight cannabis companies in five different states. I've sat on three different state boards for cannabis to help with the rules and regulations. And uh, UCS Advisors um, was pretty much made and created out of need and demand all the way back in 2017. Um, That's kinda, I go on and on and on about the background. But that's kind of the gist of it. So, and most importantly, also is that I'm also an investor. And I work with a lot of investors. So what we do here at UCS Advisors, it's nice when people when you're helping people raise money and teach them the skill set, they'll say, "Listen, I'm an investor too." And already in two thousand twenty three, uh, myself, I've invested in six different companies. Uh, our group have invested in over eleven different companies. And so far in two thousand and twenty three, and the year's not over yet, uh, we've helped over thirty companies secure capital for their wow. rate. So and
1: by the right there, that's just a huge plug because pretty much whatever you read talks about how little equity is out there in the markets right now and how deals are not getting done, they're struggling. So hearing that that people are raising money, Um, And we're hearing that anecdotally on the side too, where people are getting funded. And a lot of times um, it seems like it's the angel investors, the wealthy doctor or lawyer or whoever coming in where the, you know, if the VC is wanting to look at the MSOs or whatever, that's fine. But the the market's built by the smaller guy. (laughs) And so that's, um, that's really great. And I love the main analogy being going way back when The same in California. And I read a history I don't know, you can Google on Wikipedia or whatever. And I didn't realize this. And maybe you do know way back when, when, you know, the 1800s cannabis was legal and it was California and Maine, I think, were the first two states to ban it. And now yeah. they're the first two states to be like, oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> Let's uh, go the other way.
0: So uh, a lot of people don't realize that. <laughs> exactly, Angel. A lot of people don't realize that. And the other thing is, too, is that and one of, and one of the big reasons why we have a lot of success is that. Myself, personally, I've started cannabis companies in Nevada, Colorado, Oregon, Michigan, New Jersey, Maine. So we really worked all around the country because every part of the country is a little bit different. And people people always forget that.
1: Yeah, so for the the licensing, one other thing, I know we're going to dive. The main topic is going to be um, capital, especially I want to pick your brain since you have had so much success this year because we have plenty of people in our program, so we're, we have a private group of 500 accountants and I hear constantly, oh, my client can't get capital, can't get this, that, the other. So we'll talk about some of those best practices. I'll say one thing that we pitch, we call it our VIP method. So if a new accountant comes into our program and they left big four and they never don't really know anything about cannabis, we're like, look, immerse yourself. We're going to give you 90 hours of education to teach you about the science of the plant and the software and the accounting and the tax um, but we want you to immerse yourself in the industry. We want you, whether it's on social media, events, organizations, and from following you since then, I would say you are a world-class VIP. You are constantly, you're at events, you're in organizations, you're you're posting on social media. You are very consistent and your presence is out there. And so people are going to see and know
0: you. Um, and Andrew, it's really important. You, you mentioned something else, one about education, like the 90 hours and you'll talk about the traveling. Um, one, you're absolutely right. You gotta travel all around the country and also internationally to, to first meet with those high quality individual investors, to meet with those people that want to invest uh, in the in the cannabis sector. But then let's take it another step further. You mentioned the 90 hours. Okay. So let's really take it to, to a whole nother level is part of raising money is learning the skill set. You know, kind of yeah. like your accounts that you're training to, to get involved in this industry, you got to learn the skill sets. All right. If you're going to be an operator in this industry, you got to learn the skill set. But when it comes to capital raising, people just don't want to take the time to learn the skill set. And But when you talk to very successful entrepreneurs who've had multiple companies, if you ask them what, what's one of the top skills they learned, they go, how to raise money. You know, you're always going to need to raise money at some point so It's a skill set you need to learn early on
1: it's a huge thing and it really dovetails with the other side of our program of hey we're if we're just advising a a company outside of the capital raise, we're gonna get their corporate governance, their internal controls, their policies and procedures, their perpetual data room, and their permanent audit trail set up. And hopefully that's music to investors ears that, oh, you mean I'm gonna be able to see financials and dashboards and world-class reports by the 15th of every month, and oh, there's tick marks and tieouts, and there's controls and governance in place. Investors like to hear that stuff, and I know most of the industry, at least over the last ten years, has been the opposite of that. People are just winging it, Um, so why don't we jump into the, to this? Because I see a lot of pitch decks as well. Um, I know we um, we've we've hit kind of the first bullet. Let's talk though about you are at the absolute forefront. I know you're at all the investor conferences. Um, there's so many options out there. Maybe this is a good place. To tell us about what your company does, what separates you from the rest, and who do you primarily
0: serve? Do you have to do you
1: have to be a 30 million dollar company to come to you? Or no.
0: uh, <laughs> so, so let's let's jump right into it and let's just really break it down. Okay. So what does our company do? All right. And I'm gonna use one of your lines right now, Andrew. People talk about having a fractional CFO. Well, we're fractional capital raising advisors, plain and simple. When it comes to actually raising money and learning the skill set and how to raise capital, it's not your accountant who teaches that, no offense. It's not your lawyer that teaches, teaches you that. And it's usually not your business coach or, or whoever's doing your marketing or advertising. It's a capital raising advisor. So we actually teach people on how to become investable. We do professional audits. Uh, you mentioned how you have a bunch of clients, hey, they just can't find money. Well, if it's taking you more than six months to even raise 50% of the money you need, Nine times out of ten, you're doing something wrong. So we also offer professional auditing services of all your investment materials. Okay, so that's that's what we do. But on the but what makes us also unique is that we work with over five hundred fifty individual investors here in the United States and over three hundred investors over in Europe. So we really have we're really like a two headed dragon where one we can teach you the skill set and show you how to be investable, but we're also investors ourselves. And we also work with a lot of investors so we can show you hey, this is what investors are going to look for. Now, to answer your next question, who do we work with? And this is why I tell everyone if you're a startup, if you're pre revenue, or if you're a company that's looking to raise less than $7.5 million, that's a great fit for us. Okay. And why do I bring this up is because of the following is one, let's say you need to raise $15 million how are you going to raise the first two or three? That's yeah. a sweet spot for us, okay? Hey, you are pre-revenue. Great. How are you going to raise that first million that you need, All right? And that's where we really come in. We help out. And, and most importantly, particularly in cannabis, is there are some people who have been in this industry for over a decade now, or even six or seven years, but they still can't get a bank loan. They still can't get a line of credit, and they go, I didn't have to raise money before because I was self-funded or only had one investor, which they got lucky with. And I give those people credit. How do I sit here and, and get another half a million or a million dollars? Cause Andrew, I'm gonna ask you right now, you got a company that's up and running. If you had an extra three or $400,000, could you excel your company? Nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. And the last part of your question is what separates us from our competitors, how we do things differently. Is there's three parts. The first part is, I'm a medical guy by trade, so we take a medical approach towards business, meaning that nothing's cookie cutter. Every single business is an, like an individual patient. Okay, you versus your your kids versus your wife. You're all different. Kind of, like we all have different endocannabinoid systems. Yeah. So you have to treat each business like an individual patient. That's the first thing that makes us different. The second thing that makes us different is the prep work. People forget, and people ask, oh, how do you have over 30 companies? Well, those 30 companies on average did seven weeks of prep work before they even asked anyone for a dollar. All right. And that's what really said because we go through that prep work, we hold the hand, and we actually, when it comes time to actually ready to go out and raise the money, you already have a proper, proper capital raising calendar and plan. And the third thing that really makes us unique and different is everyone on our staff, including myself, has started a business, has sold a business, and has also raised money for their own company before. So we all have firsthand experience. And that really set those three things really separate us. And that doesn't include what we do with, with all of us being professional networkers in our company as well also. So that, okay,
1: so that leads me right into the next question. So what, so... That differentiates you from the competition um, I'm sure a lot of business owners out there are going to love hearing this and we can, and by the way, this will go out to all of our dope CFO network. So they're going to instantly have all your info and you're probably going to get a, a flood of, um, <laughs> I know several people that are raising capital right now, but maybe walk through what is the, so for example, I know someone who has a say a dispensary license in Illinois and there's not much there other than the license in the real estate. And they come to you. What what's kind of your process in that seven weeks? How if it's sure. kind of a clean slate?
0: So so let me just take one step back. The way we work is like you, like I said, the word fractional. We work and we do ten and twenty hour packages. So we move at your pace. And from one entrepreneur to another, we also offer a refund policy for up to six months for any unused hours. So okay. it really gives you the entrepreneur peace of mind that you don't feel like you're wasting your money. Okay. So to answer your question more directly, how our process works is the following is, right off the bat, we actually have a checklist. Once you become a client of ours is, what do you have for your investor data room? 75% of the time, people do not have a complete data room. Therefore, they need, a, they need to develop the missing documents and the missing information. The second thing is, we teach what's called a spheres of influence program. People say, oh, I don't have any friends who are investors. I don't know anyone that invests money. That's total BS. Yeah. Once we take them through our Spheres of Influence program, they go, oh, my God, I didn't realize I have 70 soft leads in my own network. All right. Another thing that we do as we go through our process is we create a proper capital raising calendar slash plan. You have a business plan. You have a marketing plan. And we tell people, well, what's 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 your capital raising or fundraising plan? Oh, I don't have one. Well, that's not really, as we say here at UCS Advisors, failure to plan is planning to fail, okay? So that's where we go through that prep work. And then last but not least is we really are very good at thinking outside the box when it comes to the offering. And we are a great sounding board when it comes to the offering you want to offer to investors for the investments. A lot of people think you just need to have just one offering and that's it. And that's actually highly inaccurate when you're going. And and here's a great way of putting it. When you go and you're raising money, it's like fishing. You're going after shark. You're going shark fishing. Maybe you're going after salmon. Maybe you're going in, in your pond, in your backyard, going a bunch of sunnies, but you have to have the right bait, the right tackle. you gotta pay attention to, page into, to page into the weather. And so, you and, and doing doing that process really separates us from other people.
1: Well, let me ask you uh, that kind of leads us into the topic of pitch decks and financial models. Is will that be two key items in that investor data room? Um are I, I get this endless debate of business plan. I, I've been an investor too. I personally don't read long business plans because I know they're going to be wrong. I'd rather read a shorter pitch deck. Um, I actually want to dig in more to the financial model than, uh, and things like the team. But maybe let's talk about pitch decks and and what you think are kind of the key components as we get, get out of there before investors. Um, and maybe we'll hit some topics. Well, well, like let's, let's talk about
0: pitch decks. One is, Pitch deck is pretty much you have to, you're missing an adjective. Is this an investor pitch deck or is this a business pitch deck? There's a big difference between the two. Most people make a business pitch deck, which is not an investor pitch deck, which is a completely different. Granted, they have some overlapping, but a business pitch deck talks about your business, what you're doing, where you're going, maybe it talks a little bit about your raise. An investor pitch deck really is about going after investors and trying to get them to want to talk to you and learn more about your business, okay? So that's right off the bat a big difference in that, that, and that has to be done. Another thing is too, most people don't even have an executive summary, which is very much needed as well also. And something we joke around here at UCS Advisors is some of our clients have nothing to do with cannabis whatsoever, nothing at all. And what's interesting is that a lot of our non cannabis clients put in the work. A lot of our cannabis clients say, Well, I'm tired of having three or four different pitch decks. I'm not going to do it. Either the investor is going to like it or they're not going to like it. Well, no, that's not the case at all. Because every investor, if you look, remember, going after investors is like fishing. Going out, raising $15 million and going after a venture capitalist is much different deck. Then going after that, investors gonna give you maybe a hundred grand or one hundred fifty grand. So you need to have several different forms of that. And then to answer your question about the financial model, um, you no, know, we always tell people go out and get a third party company such as Dope CFO to do your financial model, but make sure you own your financial model. There is a consultant in cannabis. Um, I won't say who, but they will not give out. The, their formulas for their financial model. They control everything. And if anyone has a question how they came up with the numbers, they go, oh, get, get me on the phone instead. And I always tell people, no, you're paying them to create your financial model that you get to keep, that if you need to edit, you can edit. I
1: totally agree. And and that's always been my approach. It's like before they even start with pitch decks, I want to look at the model, the assumptions and they own it and things like how many, how many pounds of weed you're going to grow, what price you're going to get and what that flows into your revenues. Those are your numbers. You know, I'm not going to tell you how much weed you're going to grow. I, I know for a fact you'll tell me the wrong numbers. And so we'll, we'll also try to have some switches so we can look at your, your planned case, your best case, but also that worst case, what happens when, um, I feel personally, I've seen many deals go down where they had great capital sources behind them, but their their models were so ridiculous that they needed to come back for capital once, then twice, and then the third time, um, this happened to a famous company in Hillsborough, third time investors said, screw it, we'll take the loss. Um, and it was just because the model was too optimistic and um so i'd rather have people be be realistic and and have the investors know hey if you know if a forest fire rips through here whatever happens because shit happens and in, in growing all the time when it when the shit hits a fan are you there for a line of credit are you with us for the long haul and um, you know this is what we think we can do
0: but and andrew that's something else that really separates us from our competitors is people say, well, what happens after the 20 hours? What happened after I get the money? Well, great. How are you going to communicate with your investors? How often are you going to communicate with them? When are you providing and how are you providing investor updates? We assist with that and help with that as well too. So we're really there to hold your hand the entire time and to be there for you. You know, let you, let you work on the company and, and make your and make the company a success and let us sit here and deal with the investors for you.
1: Now let me ask you this: Do you um, say I come to you and I get the twenty hours, and then I say, "Great, we got great materials." Are you going to introduce me to five investors, or, or are you going to start? And I, by the way, I say the same thing: friends and family, that sphere of influence. Let's start there because the bigger investors want to see some traction that you've you've gone to your own network and got a little bit of money, a couple hundred
0: grand at least, or or whatever first. So it's it's funny you mentioned that. So it's a two-part answer. The first part is when you are investable and your house is in order, yes, we'll be more than happy to show you to our investor database and to our investors. But that's when you're ready, okay? If you're not ready and your house is not in order and and you don't have every checklist done, then the answer is no, okay? uh, But the second part is, is that You will be amazed how many business owners are afraid, scared, or just maybe naive, and they don't talk about what they're doing to their network and to their spheres of influence, nor do they actually know how to follow properly when they get a no from someone. So a lot of times when a client comes to us and says, oh, hey, we've tapped out our friends and family, and we start going through our program, they literally realize, oh my God, there's at least 30 or 40 more people i haven't reached out to at all okay you know uh the another the n- another step is this is that we can be the best pe- we can be the best we can introduce you to a thousand people it's like you're the horse and i'm the trainer and my job is to bring you to as many watering holes as possible but one i can't force you to drink okay you'll yeah. be amazed how many times we get people deals and they say no and then we have to talk to the client. And say okay Here's good money versus bad money. Here's time value of money. Hey, where your project is and what your timeline is, you might want to reconsider things, okay? The other part is, too, is that, and people laugh, a major part of what we do is we teach you proper presentation skills and proper networking skills. Everyone, including myself, has taken third-party professional networking certification courses and classes. We teach this most people do not not know how to network properly or they're lacking the proper skill set because, and here's a great example. We had one client in New Jersey and this client was like, I have everything, everything done. We're like, no, your presentation skills are just not that good. You need to improve upon them. And they just want to believe them. We're like, let's film you, give your presentation. We can do that free of charge. They said, no, they said, no, they bombed their first two meetings. We showed them the emails that literally these investors sent to us saying, listen, We think everything's great, but the person running the company, if they can't communicate effectively to me, how are they going to effectively communicate this to customers and to other investors? And for that person, the light bulb finally went off. So to answer your question directly, yes, we want to show you to our investor group. However, though, it's not until you are ready to be investable or we say here at UCS Advisors, when you come to us, you're like a dirty green nugget. Our job is to turn into a nice shiny green diamond and then to show you off.
1: No, I, I really like that because I've done the same many times. People in my group bring me a deal and I'm like, look through that, nope. It's like these numbers don't make sense. A common one I see is the valuation is insane. Um, I saw one recently, they valued their company at $25 million and it was basically nothing. Um, and they wanted, ten, I do a $5 million. and. They're going to give away whatever, a tiny piece of the company. I, I'm not
0: going to waste any investor's time if I don't like what it looks like. Well, also, Andrew, this is where people also like to use us. You hit it in the very beginning. We travel all around the country and also internationally attending venture summits, capital events, cannabis and non-cannabis events, because you'll be amazed how many people in real estate, how many physicians, how many people are in tech, actually, we did very well, that now want to dabble in cannabis and invest in it, and Where I'm going with this point is it's also knowing what an investor wants. Everything happens in ebbs and flows, all right? And it's also working with people all around the country. We hear a lot of people, oh, well, no one's investing in this market right now. No, people are investing in that market. You just got to widen and expand your networking circle and the people you're reaching out to.
1: that's a great input and as in different areas of the country so i'm from oklahoma i was in the oil and gas industry um, for 10 years as a cfo and so oil and gas and definitely texas oklahoma even colorado big big money especially right now they're absolutely crushing it these small independent oil cap they're they're run by cowboys that are loaded and these people love to invest in things so when cannabis hit oklahoma you had tons of oil and gas investors jumping in um to the space, so yes, knowing those those fears is really key as well, but then going back to your your deal on are are the materials good? Do you work with them on the valuing the on their actual offer and what the value is like I want so, five
0: dollars and I give you ten percent of the company. Right, so last, uh, so of what, and I said last so hard and and we mentioned before and this is one of the toughest things is figuring out what the offering is. You know, yeah. we recommend our clients have more than one offering because once again, it's like fishing. You know, maybe you have a smaller offering, minimum investment, 50000 And then, but if everyone wants to give you more than 200000 you have a different offering. Okay. And it's thinking outside the box and help them develop that. So one, we do help with that. In terms of valuation, one, if you're really that hard up on your valuation, go hire a third party company, pay them their money, and let them come give you a valuation for your company plain and simple, all right? The next thing is too, is that when it comes to your valuation is that your valuation, it's like the stock market, it's like crypto, it changes every day. It's um,
1: negotiable.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a great story is this, there was a CPA uh, out of Michigan and the CPA literally said, I'm raising money for this amount. And we went over the numbers and our very first question was, these numbers look almost two years old. And the guy goes, "Yeah, they are two years old. So these <laughs> numbers aren't accurate anymore." I'm like, "No investor wants to look at this." I go, "You're going to have to disclose that these numbers are two years old." He goes, "No, I won't. They're all the same." I'm like, "No, they're not." And this is where I'm like, "What you value your company at? Right? What you value your company two years ago? It's not the same valuation today." But yeah, we go through we go through a whole process where this is where we're advisors. Okay, um, our our goal is to get you to the point that you are investable. Our goal is to teach you also that skill set because also people forget, let's say you're raising $5 million, After you, but you only need $1 million to, to start your process. Great. Well, you got that $1 million in, you're starting the company and, you're, and it's moving forward. How do you maintain that relationship with investors? How do you run your company and also raise money at the same exact time? It's not that simple. And One of the reasons why also people like to use us here at UCS Advisors is, we also teach you the right questions to ask a potential investor. We, you'll be amazed. I'm say, oh well, I, I think this investor is gonna invest, and we go, great. Did you ask them these five or six questions? No, I'm afraid to. I don't want to piss them off. You know, <laughs> a real investor is gonna answer these questions for you. All right, or if they answer these questions and here are their answers, they're not a serious player. Do not put all your eggs in one basket. Um, and this is also why we offer our refund policy because. We we hear a lot, oh well I, I might have an investor or two, but I gotta wait five or six weeks. Well, great. Hire us now during this time. And then let's say your investor does come through and they and they bankroll your entire project. Well, you know what? That's why we have a refund policy for any unused hours. No questions asked. Here you go. So you're not putting all your eggs in just one basket. And and around
1: what you just said. And even how you all help the companies ongoing after they raise the money. I think a lot of founders do not get this, how important it is. I think some founders think, oh, I just get the money. I do whatever I want. And if things go bad, screw them. They gave me the money. You want to keep that relationship up. I was at the AICPA cannabis conference. Plan, I'm on the planning committee and um, we had it yesterday. The next conference is in Denver. And, and most of the people on the committee with me are senior partners at national accounting firms. And the theme of the day was there is an insane amount of litigation going on amongst founders, investors, um, all those de- stakeholders um and for deals gone bad and so you don't want to you know this is kind of like a marriage so you don't want to go into it with the wrong attitude because and you certainly don't want to end up your, your great deal and your company to end up in court someday. And that's where it's going. They said that that's their biggest growth area of the accounting world right now is forensics, expert testimony, valuations um, for partner and investor disputes. And so we don't want to see them there. We want to see them have a good relationship. Um, I had one, one of my first experiences as a founder was with my boss. We co-founded a drilling company in 2006. And we went out and we, we got a partner um, who was a CEO of a drilling company that had just been sold an exit a very big one. Um, he was the CEO. I was the CFO. My boss was the COO. And we did a road show. We ended up raising um, 40 million in equity and 30 million of, of debt on without any company uh, to build seven drilling rigs. But we... We did it with a private equity group out of Dallas. We went to about 30 different people, got a bunch of term sheets um, and and a couple of things. One, we thought, oh, we're gonna get that 80 million and and give up 40% of the company. And they're like, no, we want 86% of the company, which was fine. We all made a home run at the end of the day. But the other thing that was nice and especially me, I was in the hot seat a lot. I was a CFO and and we went through some real ups and some real downs in four years before exits. But I noticed every time we went to those board meetings in Dallas, um, that group was amazing to work with you. Your investors can be amazing, they can add a ton of value to your, your company,
0: they'll deal with hard times. They know well, that they and times. Andrew, that, that also goes back to part of what we do. People say, Well, do you want do you want an investor or do you want a partner? Do you want an active investor or do you want a passive investor? And depending on how much money you raise, are you offering voting shares? Are you offering board seats? People say, "Well, what do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, no, yeah. that's just a fact about mm-hmm. it." And then, and also, too, I mean, oil's oil, and my father chem- was a chemical engineer for over 40 years for Exxon. Yeah. So I get that. We've actually helped with some raises for oil companies, so I get it. We're, at work, but more so when it comes to raising money, particularly in cannabis is, okay, this is your first tranche of money, or this is like your first raise, how you can then start to get yourself prepared for your second raise, or if not your third raise. And on top of that too, if you've never had experience raising money before or taking investor money, how you can get around that? A great example is um, we have a few companies, people in their 20s. They've never done business before. They literally hired UCS advisors just for us to be on every single investor call. And just to literally be the voice of reason, tell them what's good, what's bad, and to show investors, hey, we have a solid team built around us. And what makes the investors happy is that we don't take equity. I don't believe in taking any equity up front, any of that stuff, because equity is the best thing that you have. Yeah. As your company increases in value, you know, therefore you can give out less equity, so, you know, if this is where it comes down to is there are companies like us out there. My own mentor was a capital raising advisor. But back 20 years ago, you didn't promote it on a website. You didn't have <laughs> social media. It was all word of mouth. Well, do you... Um... And one
1: final topic, we I know we've talked a lot about decks and how important they are in models. Team, I think, is another one, and I think that's sometimes the problem because the CEO can come out of anywhere. It's I used to be a nurse, now I'm the CEO of this farm, or I used to be a um, whatever. I worked at Target, <laughs> um, and so if I'm an investor, I want to look at that team too. And maybe maybe that founder is not always the best person to be the CEO. And have they built out a team or or is the team just this founder and the person that's so good at growing weed? Um,
0: because that's not a great team. Well, well that, well, that also goes back down to having your house in order before asking anyone for money. And here's a great example. If you're raising, let's say, over $10 million and you have all these big elusive plans, one of our favorite questions to ask the founder is, how long do you plan to be CEO of this company? If they say forever, we're like, okay, we need to change that mindset <laughs> right away because you're gonna no investor is going to give you money, okay? The other thing is too, is that when it comes to your team, be mindful on if you're giving your team numbers equity, okay? You will be surprised how many investors will say, wait, you already gave out 15% equity to four advisors and they haven't helped you raise any capital. Automatic red flag next deal, all right? The other thing is, is that when it comes down to your team, and figuring out what your team is, it's okay if your team changes. That's not a bad thing at all. Um, and, when it, and, and when it comes to you you're having that that solid team, is that know where you're putting yourself around. And, and and here's a great example. When we tell people, oh, you're going to interview someone uh, to be part of your team, ask them point blank, will they introduce you to people in their network to help you raise money? If they say no, then you know what? You probably don't want them as a team member then.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And so we've all got that sphere of influence. Um, I know, I think... we, I talked to Julie about weeks you talked to a lot of people you just go through your phone list you're going to be connected to the, that sphere of influence let's I know we're we're getting up on time I want to ask real quickly just about the market overall like uh, in your intro you said you know you're getting deals done you're you're making things happen that's good news because a lot of these conferences uh, people are talking about oh there's no deal and there's no equity to be had so what's your kind of take on the market do you see it Ohio just legalized yesterday Today, so that's good news. Um,
0: halfway there, basically. <laughs> so, so to answer, so answer your question directly, uh, one, the very first thing is one out of every three people we talk to as potential clients becomes an investor instead. You talk about people having all different backgrounds. People don't understand 280E. People don't understand uh, how long it is to make even money. People also, for example, we had a client in New Mexico she had no idea there's over 95% failure rate for cannabis companies in less than five years. Yeah. So she went from saying, why am I going to spend $700,000 of my own money? I'd rather invest half into other deals. So one, right off the bat, if you're someone that's looking to get involved in this industry and you're kind of uh, in between, you can always become an investor first. I know many operators who actually invested in cannabis first, learned the ins and outs, then became an operator. All right. The second thing is, you mentioned about equity. There's a lot of great equity deals out there right now, but you're not gonna hear an equity deal for a million dollars in the papers. The really, really good deals are not getting publicized. All right? Uh, A great example, as a former CEO of a publicly traded company, you don't buy the stock on what already happened, you're buying the stock on what's going to happen in the future, all right? So at the end of the day, we find a lot of really great deals that are the very end of that friends and family round before they go to that series A, all right? And those are the type of equity deals you're not hearing about, but there are a lot of great equity deals out there, but also too, there's a lot of BS. We get probably as investors, we average around 50 to 60 decks a week, we get, all right? Just to look at. And literally 95 to 97% of them don't even get through our even our initial uh, our initial test. All right. And a lot of those people that come across our plate, we, we have to tell them point blank, you're not investable yet. Yeah, you know, if you can't do these basic things, then no. how do I know you're not gonna do these these things for your business? But for but the markets, equity deals are out there, but you have to have a very clear and concise plan on how you attend to grow the company how you're gonna use the money all right and then how are you gonna pay out people on their equity? I think it's fascinating when people say oh, I'll give you equity. Great When are you gonna start paying me a dividend? When are you gonna start paying me profit sharing? Yeah. what are what did your what did your dope CFO when yeah. you the financial model say to you okay, if your projections are even 30% off by this quarter of this year, you could start to give out distributions. If you don't know that basic answer, then you can't even ask for equity from anyone yet, especially not not a seasoned investor. I totally agree.
1: And really since day one, I've seen so many of those deals you described where these big MSOs or whatever, um, that's not the main, the market, like in my hometown Bend, Oregon, I think there's about a hundred cannabis companies here we've had dispensaries go through good times and bad times. I've seen them grow. They're raising capital every once in a while. They find somebody wealthy in town. I mean, there is that capital out there to make the deals. And if someone, like you said, wanting to invest, yeah, why not dip your toes in and find, like, say, Joe down the street, who I know has three dispensaries and he wants to open a new one in Oklahoma, That'd be smart. He's been through it all in eight years. He knows how to keep a dispensary open. You'd be smarter to invest with him than starting your own, knowing nothing about running a dispensary um,
0: as well. Exactly. And it's also, too, where by having several different ways you can show an investor on how they're going to pull out their equity. You know, to say, oh, we're going to get acquired one day, well, statistically speaking, that's less than 5% of all companies. So that's not uh, that doesn't give an investor peace of mind. And something, and really, this goes back to getting prepared ahead of time. Raising money is telling a subjective story backed by objective data. And you have a lot of people who have maybe have the objective data, but they don't know how to tell the story. Or they have the story, but they don't have the objective data. And we really kind of help bring all that together together. in a very cost-effective way. And and let's take a notice of further, Andrew. I mean, something we offer on our website, which you see right over here, ucsgreatness.com. We tell people, you think you're ready to go to to present in front of investors and take on money? Great. Here's a free self-assessment quiz. It'll take you two minutes. We give you instant results to tell you, hey, if you're ready to go. And yes, people have passed the quiz or if if you need some help, whether it's us or someone else. And we offer that for free for everyone on UCSgreatness.com. Some people say, well, I don't want your help raising money. I just need to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Great. We do a professional audit of all your stuff. We'll even sit here and film you of your presentation and tell you what you're doing wrong in your presentation. You know, dumb little things like that. It's it's, it's very simplistic. We make it very easy uh, for the entrepreneur. I have to say, I really love your model because I've dealt with a lot of people and I love how you're
1: doing a minimum package of hours. You can do the audit. You can even film them. You can go any direction they want. And so it's not a high risk. It's not like, say, an investment banker saying, oh, well, yeah, we'll find you a deal and we want 10%. And oh, by the way, you need to pay us 15 grand a month um, just to help you. you're you're giving something out that's very very reasonable to a lot of these companies and they they need to spend that time we at mj impact a year ago i saw a few startups on stage And it was just horrific. And I felt sorry for them because they were getting grilled and they'd obviously never been filmed before or had, had, had advice. And I think they'll be doing themselves a favor. If they're really serious about raising money, spend a little bit of money and time to make sure they're, uh, they're outright. I think you kind of answered the last question. Do you want to tell any final things, anything we missed about what you and your company does? We'll,
0: we'll, you got well, your website I, right I, there. I think, I think the most important thing to bring out is this: one, if you are someone looking to get involved in the cannabis sector and you don't know if you should open up a company or be or invest in a company, reach out to us. More than happy to have a conversation with you. We've saved people millions upon millions of dollars by being an investor instead of maybe opening up their own business. The second part is is that. Check out our website ucsgreatness.com. If you're someone that's having a difficult time raising money, see if you're even investable yet. You know, we offer that 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 free quiz and and last but not least this is what I, I like to tell everyone. You hit the nail on the head. Why are you going to pay someone 10 or 15 grand a month for 3 or 4 months straight and you don't even know what you're getting in return versus, hey, Andrew, you don't know me I don't know you that well. Hopefully, we're a good fit working for on each, with each other. Why don't you try us out for ten hours? It's thirty one hundred bucks. Refund policy uh, for ten hours up to ninety days. No questions asked. That kind of gives you peace of mind. Yeah, oh, and we take credit right cards off, too. <laughs> you know, I, I because it's it's more of hey, hopefully we're developing that value. And We get asked, oh well, give me a proposal. We always say, well. Everyone needs something different, and that's what really makes us different. Once again, we take a medical approach towards business. We treat each client like an individual patient. What might work for you, Andrew, might not work for John Doe. What might work for John Doe might not work for Sally May, so forth and so on. Everyone's different. Every market is different, and you need to really have someone to kind of really go through that. Because if, to be very blunt, if you want someone to just throw shit against the wall. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, have proper investor etiquette. Us investors, we talk to one another. I'm going to tell you right now, you'd be amazed how many deals we get and we said, we've said no to. And other investors are like, oh, hey, I got this deal. And uh, what do you think of it? And I'm like, oh, well, we passed. And the person never responded back to us or told us to go pound salt. talk to one another. It's a very small community, especially in cannabis. A lot of us know one another. So, yeah, this this, is a thought on that.
1: Totally agree. Be professional. Um, I've seen, (laughs) yeah, a lot of unprofessionalism. Um, This has been an amazing podcast. I'm so um, so excited about this, and I would highly recommend, if you're that business owner or investor, to reach out to Dave. His info's there. Um, you're, I'm sure e-
0: your email will be on the website as well. We'll put all that in the show notes, too. Yep. Um, and then also and then- check us out on LinkedIn. I post seven days a week, almost oh. on LinkedIn. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we give out a green nugget advisor tip, uh, for whether you're in cannabis or any industry, Okay. I cannot stress that enough. Find us on LinkedIn. And by the way, if you need less than $2.5 million, if you have a proper capital raising plan in place, you can probably should find that on LinkedIn if you go about the proper way. Okay, and that's
1: awesome to hear, too. So, yeah, and and I see a lot of your posts are great. So I highly recommend you follow Dave on on LinkedIn because, um, yeah, there's a lot of not good stuff on LinkedIn, but you really put out great stuff constantly. Um, so and, that's- Andrew,
0: and, Andrew, let's just throw one more thing out there. Something else that we formed this year out of demand is we actually have a UCS Entrepreneurs Power Group where we meet twice a month. And we give out at least six green nuggets of advice every month. But we also bring in a specialized speaker. Like we brought a speaker in August. You know what the speaker did, Andrew? All he does is teach you how to work a booth at your at a conference. Oh, wow. You know, we we brought in someone else who literally taught you how to scale your business. Three things to scale your business in the next 75 days. Now, how do they join that group? On LinkedIn? Yeah, so uh, all the information is on our website, ucsgreatness.com. We meet okay. the we meet the first and third Wednesday of each month, and if you're a member, we send you the Zoom recordings in case you can't make it. Okay, perfect. Which is which is huge, and we give everyone a a complimentary month if they want to check it out. Um, so this is where it's we we hear the demands, kind of like we take credit cards. In 2022, our biggest complaint was if you took if you took a credit card, we would hire you tomorrow. Great. So we went out. We take we take credit cards <laughs> now. You know it's. It's also where we listen to our clients, because once again, it's that medical approach. If you treat someone like a patient, you need to listen to the patients. Listen to literally their signs and symptoms, as well as look at the entire body, kind of like the business. Well, Austin, this has been a great show. We will see
1: you hopefully down at MJ BizCon, and I know we'll cross paths on many events as well. And again, thank you for
0: being on the show. Thank you for having me so much. Really appreciate it, Andrew.
1: You've been listening to the Dope CFO Cannabis Accounting Podcast. Every other Monday, we air tips and insights on cannabis and CBD hemp accounting. Make sure you subscribe today and also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. We're pretty much everywhere for more advice, tips, industry news as well. Um, To find out more about our cannabis and CBD accounting program, visit dopecfo.com. And don't forget to be dope.